the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The people that are going to take over Israel are going to be people that the Lord will have sold them into their hands. Is that sovereignty or what? We don't like to use that language. But a lot of times our traps and our gins are things that God sells us into because we purchase them with our lust. From Grace Bible Church here in Hayward, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Welcome to our program today. We are back in the book of Judges, and we'll pick up here in chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. If you've got a Bible handy, catch up with us there. Pastor Jesse is exploring the fights of faith for God's glory. And it's in this passage, as Pastor Jesse mentioned just a moment ago, that we get a clear understanding of just how God will use sovereignly our sinful tendencies. Join us for a very encouraging look, yet sober look, into the gospel motif found in Judges. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast, once again, of Way of Grace. Notice what it says in chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baalim, and they forsook the Lord, their, the, the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land, Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal, uh, Baal and Ashtoreth. And quite naturally, verse 14, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he delivered them into the hand of the spoilers. Do you see it? Who sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. See it? Now here's exactly what he had said over in chapter 2, verse 3. Look at chapter 2, verse 3. This is what God said. I want you to get this. I want to talk about this. And then I want to, I'm probably going to close here in a second. Listen to what he says in chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. I want to unpack this. And the angel of the Lord came from Gilgal to Bacham and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt. I brought you into the land and I swore unto your fathers and I said, I will never break my covenant with you. What a promise. And he shall make and you shall make no league with the inhabitants of the land. You shall throw down their altars. But you have not obeyed the voice. You have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Do you guys see that? All right. So I wanted you to catch something because you, you probably are not that sensitive. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking here. This is the angel of the Lord. This is Malak Yahweh. Do you understand that? How do you know? He always speaks in the first person. No angel has to write the right to speak in the first person unless it's Jesus. Y'all got that? Helping you understand doctrine. This is Jesus. Now, Jesus is the one that went before you. We learned that in Joshua. 
He's the one that wants to subdue your enemies. But it's a conditional covenant, isn't it? If you turn your enemies into your friends, God can't deliver you. Because he only delivers us from our what? Enemies. Enemies. Not that he can't, he won't. Because he's not going to violate his own law. Now, he does have conditions. You know what those conditions are? When you decide to lose your mind and act like God didn't buy you and sell yourself to other harlots, then God puts you on the clock. Y'all got a little time for the clock? Because God puts you on the clock. Now, he's going to deliver you because he paid for you. Is that true? Is God going to deliver you because he paid for you? He who hath begun a good work, shall he not also perform it until the day of Jesus? Right? You're not going to lose your salvation, but you, will, you might lose your dignity. You might lose your confidence. You might lose your rest. You might lose your job. You might lose your health. You might lose your strength, but you won't lose your soul. He paid for you. Am I making some sense? I taught you this before. You can get it if you want to. There's a sin unto death. If you behave in a way that you reject the land of promise, your physical body, your mind, your heart, and give it over to the folly of this world, God will allow you to expire and to be absent from the body is to be what? Right. So you can be happy that you're going to heaven, but you don't get to hang out down here with us because you chose to sell yourself to evil and all evil has what? Consequences. Am I making some sense? Well, listen to what he goes on to say, because I want to talk about this. I'm cheating. I should have been done. Listen to verse three. Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you. I will not drive them out from before you. I will not drive them out from before you. See it? I will not deliver you from your volitional rebellion against me. I will not answer your prayers when I know you're going to go right back to doing what you do. I'm not going to answer your prayer because I'm not going to allow you again to have an irrational fantasy of a notion of a relationship with me where you get to lie to me and think somehow I buy your lie. Like God's not going to buy your lie. God desires truth from the inward part and from the hidden part, he'll teach you Jesus. Like if you, if you learn how to tell the truth, he'll show you Christ and Christ is the mercy. Christ is the goodness of God. Christ is the way out. Is he not? And we need to see Christ over and over and over and every time you get trapped, you need to see Christ. Did that make some sense? Because what the enemy has done is blinded you to the glory of Christ. You know him propositionally. But you don't know him in the earnest of needing him until God shows him to you in that particular uh, attribute and office by which you need a deliverer. Because you won't call upon him until the spirit of God has persuaded you that you can do nothing else. In the meanwhile, you and I will always use different methods, machinations, schemes and plans to get around God. Am I making some sense? In fact, You and I are so bad by nature, we can get really conditioned to the snares and the traps that we're in. Somebody say amen. Amen. You can get conditioned to the traps that you're in. You can get conditioned to the traps that you're in. Now, he talks about thorns and snares. Look at it. Verse two, he says. Now, go back to what verse was that? We're at verse three. I'm sorry. Look at verse three. 
Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as what? In your side. And their God shall be as what? Not, not going to be long here. I'm going to help you. There are two forms of snares into which the people of God constantly fall when they rebel against God. The first one is hidden snares. I want you to mark that. Hidden snares. Hidden snares is the basic modality of the, uh, of the hunter when he is seeking his prey. So the snare is set up, but you can't see it. It's a hidden snare. Y'all following what I'm saying? Now, the only reason the people of God run into that snare is because they err out of the way. Once you err out of the way, you're not on a straight path. You're not on a clear path where the Lord has made a way for you. When you're on the Lord's path, you never have to worry about a snare. Am I making sense? When you and I are operating out of the clear principles of the obedience of faith to which God has called us, we don't have to worry about snares. Is there a child of the God in the house who has lived 10 years in Christ with me? Is there a child of God that's been in Christ for 10 years? You know that the moment you get off the right path, you are walking in darkness and snares will get you. Am I making some sense? These are called hidden snares. Hidden snares. Hidden snares is really interesting. And then the other kind of snare is, is what I call the volitional, obvious, willing snares that we allow ourselves to get into when we actually act like we can break the snare anytime we want to. It's coming home. Is it coming home? Uh, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. But I got enough power to get out. I got out last time. I'll get out again. Please understand the very snare is that you think you're getting out and getting in and getting out and getting in and getting out and getting in. That actually means you're still snared. You are not delivered until you are out permanently. I'm telling the truth and it hurts. But you need to understand God didn't save you and me to be walking in these traps. And you know it because you've been born again. So the people here who are not born again, they don't get it, don't like what I'm saying. But if you're born again, you know what I'm saying is true. There's no argument to be had here. Please understand, God did not liberate you. That's called freedom. In order for you to be the slave of any other creature on the planet. He called you to walk in your freedom and walk in your authority. That's why Solomon said in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 7, I see princes walking as slaves and slaves riding on horses. Have we got things turned upside down or what? And that's the consequence of us not walking in the obedience of faith where God promises to fight our battles for us. Y'all got that? All right. So I'll unpack the snare stuff down the line because I just want you to hear two kinds, the kind you don't know. And the kind you do, the most, the one that you most familiar with, that you dress up and engage in your 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 secret relationship for your own lust, are the ones you most frequent. It's a snare. It's a snare. And and here's the thing: the snare is your God, because that's what the text is saying. Now, thorns in the side, something else. Remember, Paul was given a thorn in his flesh. Remember, Adam and Eve were told that thorns and thistles are going to come up. Thorns are sufferings that God allows you to go through to wake you up. 
Like when you're engaging in bad patterns and bad habits, he will bring suffering. And that suffering is designed for you to go, oh, 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 wait a minute. It ain't feeling too good. You start swelling on the side. Pus start running out. I know I'm getting graphic, but I'm just helping you. You become unhealthy spiritually. Do you understand what I'm saying? Thorns in your side keep you from being motivated to have communion with God. Thorns in your side keep you from reading your Bible. Thorns in your side keep you from wanting to fellowship with the saints. Thorns in your side keep you from wanting to hear the gospel. And thorns in your side just keep you in that paralysis state that will ultimately put you in reversion. Am I making some sense? Yep. They're there. They're there. Now, the, uh, the traps, the gins, the snares, which we're going to unpack too, they become the gods where you trade the true and the living God and start worshiping certain practices, certain behavior, certain ideas, certain entity, certain people. Am I making some sense? There's a whole list of them that you will engage in and it will become a snare. Like people can be snares. Do you understand that? Certain, certain commodities can be snares. Certain situations you can get into can be snares. You know they're snares because you, here's what happens. God, I'm telling the truth. They're snares when God is calling you to do what he wants you to do for him, but you won't. You'll just go over to that other thing. That's how you know. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's how you know you bow down to it and don't bow down to God. You make an excuse. No, I don't have time for worship. No, I don't have time for fellowship. No, I don't have time for prayer. No, I don't have time for the study of the word of God. I'm going to do this. Snare. Ooh. It's true. It's true. Now, God has an answer for it. Do you understand that? He has an answer. But it might hurt. So let me just close out with these couple of observations and then we'll pick up next week. I hope y'all show up. Point number five. Uh, point number, yeah, point number six. The conditions were designed to cause enough pain for you to do what? That's exactly right. Not going to expand on that. This one here is such an insight to me as a pastor. You know, a lot of times we really do work hard to not have to admit to God we're sinning. Well, I mean, we work hard. We'll even work hard enough to find some of the other saints to lie to and get you to agree with our lie. That's right. Every now and then some of y'all run up on me. Pastor, I need you to understand. Just struggling. Just struggling. Just struggling. But you know, I, I can't help myself. I, I don't know what to do, Pastor. And you know what I'm thinking? You do know what to do. You just don't want to do it. And here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I say it. Because what we don't know that we're doing when we're building this fortress of lies, we're lying on God. Logic says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, he will deliver you. Am I making some sense? So now I'm sitting there going, should I 
uh, should I should I uh, threaten my relationship with God by going there, 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 there? Or should I just offend him by saying, now, why are you lying to me? You're lying to God. Right. Because, listen, this is the deceitfulness of our hearts. It's the wickedness of our nature. And so here's where God is saying that about the only thing that really ever works. And I found this to be the case. You got to lead people to themselves. After you have told them the simple remedy and prescription is always seek God earnestly. God's not a liar and his arm is not short. His ear is not dull. He can hear and can deliver. Am I making some sense? This one here is precarious because I got a lot of saints been for years. This is like all my ministry. There have been a handful of people, just a number of people who just walk in traps and gins as if God just don't have the ability to deliver. Am I making some sense? We got brothers and sisters that way. Why won't God deliver me from my alcoholism? Why won't he deliver me from my addiction? Why won't he deliver me from my lust? Why won't he deliver me from my covetousness? Why won't he deliver? What do you mean? Why won't he deliver you? Because you don't want deliverance. So now the stage is set. This is the part that becomes gloriously edifying to me as we go through the seven judges. Point number seven, the call of the gospel, a model of our redemption and recovery. Y'all got that? The call of the gospel, a model of our redemption and recovery. I love both of those terms because God saves us initially, but don't he have to save us over and over and over and over again? Well, that's what the text is teaching. That's what the text is teaching. Listen to what it says in verse 10. And we'll pick this brother up next week because we're going to learn a lot of things about this person because all these guys have characters that we need to benefit from. All right. Listen to the text. And I'm sorry, go back to verse nine. Verse nine, here he is. And when the children of Israel did what? Cried unto the Lord. The Lord first raised up a what? The word is savior. So when we cry, when our tears go up to heaven, God raises up a savior. So we got a savior motif here, right? He's not raising up a nation. He's not raising up a group of people. He's raising up a savior. He's going to raise up an individual, a particular kind of individual who corresponds with God's qualities of redemption. Because by God, by nature, God is a savior. That's what he is. So someone is going to be prepared as a means to deliver you from the particular set of trials that you're in and is going to redound to God's glory in the nature of gospel redemption. Listen to what it says. He says, he shall raise up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. We'll deal with that next week. So now remember what I told you. When you read your Old Testament, guess what you're doing? You are a secondary auditor to conversations that went on by other people. Is that not right? That means the children of Israel would have had way more interest in that prescription right there, that description right there than you and me, because we don't particularly know who Caleb is. We don't know Othniel. We don't know Kenaz, but we will learn about them tomorrow because his short paragraphical uh, uh, ministry here is going to mean a lot 
as to how God delivers you and me, okay? We want to know what these things mean because they all point to God's redemption for us in Jesus, but in ways in which we can learn something so that it's not redundant or tautological because in theology, you can be saying the same thing different ways and it don't explain anything. Does that make sense? And so we'll be dealing with seven of them. Now notice what it says in verse 10. Verse 10, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him, which means you got to have the spirit of God for deliverance. And he judged Israel, which means you got to have someone that knows Torah, who actually knows the law of God, who actually has the spirit of God, because deliverance will come from the plumb line, laying a necessary judgment to bring clarity to the issue. Am I making sense? That's what the judge is supposed to do. And then he went out to what? It's a fight of faith. Y'all got that? It's always a fight of faith. The gospel calls it's always a fight of faith to deliver lost sinners and to deliver trapped saints. It's always a fight. You and I ought never to not think that there's not somebody in our community that needs delivering. Never, ever think that. And the Lord delivered them from the king of Mesopotamia into his hand, and he prevailed against this king, Kushan Rish Hathiam. Look at verse 11, and we'll get ready to close. And the land had rest 40 years, and Othniel, the son of Kenan, why? Now, here it is. Your rebellion causes you to cry out to God. God raises up a redeemer. That redeemer redeems his people and in their redemption, they discover restoration and rest. Y'all got that? That's the nature of the gospel ministry. And I want you to get this. I want you to get this as I close. The reason why there was an immediate acknowledgement that Othniel died after 40 years of rest is because the battle for rest, for you and me, is a constant fight until we die. Did you hear what I just stated? Right. It's not a one-time rest. So hold these intention. You fight to rest. You fight to rest. If you're not fighting, you will not rest. You fight to rest. And then when the gospel dies in your own experience, you now don't have the power to keep you fighting to rest. Then all of a sudden, here it comes again, the trap. Am I making some sense? Right. So the gospel will go down on you while it's still alive and vivid around other people. See, what we love to do is make everybody go through my experience. No, please understand the gospel can go down on you while it's rising on somebody else. Am I making some sense? You getting trapped, you getting snared. Somebody else shouting, hallelujah, the Lord is good. The Lord delivered me. I'm free again. I'm walking in my authority. I'm worshiping the true and the living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing up in my life. While the next person right beside you sinking deep in sin, 
far from the peaceful shore. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It is therefore the collective responsibility of all of the people of God to continue to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on to eternal life for which you have been called. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.